Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. I'm speaking with Ivan Dozier, state conservationist for the Illinois Natural Resources Conservation Service. And Ivan, today we're going to talk about organic matter. Let's just start out with defining what organic matter is. Yeah, that's a really good question. Basically what we're talking about with organic matter and soil, it's everything that was alive or is still alive uh, that's uh, now part of the soil profile. And I've heard many people give different definitions for a short-term organic buildup and a long-term organic buildup. Can you go over the differences that they might be uh, talking about there? So what we hear a lot of times, the term for the long-term organic buildup is a term that's often called humus, and that's really the old soil carbon. So when I say old, I'm talking about, oh, a hundred, maybe even uh, more than a thousand years old, deep in the soil profile, and that's the kind of organic matter that gives the soil its color. So when you see that rich, dark color, um, especially across these uh, soils formed under prairie vegetation that, that are just deep and dark soils, that's usually that humus that's well down into the soil profile. And then we have some of the younger versions of uh, soil organic matter, and a lot of times that's just referred to as crop residue or sometimes just stubble, and that's the stuff that's usually uh, pretty close to the top, and you can pretty much look at it and see what it used to be. And again, we're talking mostly plant residues here. You usually can't see uh, much of what's left of the uh, animals, the earthworms, the bacteria, and things like that. When farmers talk about trying to build organic material in their soil, they're generally talking about the younger stuff. Can you maybe list some of the benefits that farmers may see when they're trying to build up organic matter or why some farmers would choose to try to build that? So there's a couple of different things. One of, one of the things, and even even very recent organic matter, like from the previous crop or the, a few years, is actually a mulch effect right on the surface. And that mulch effect can do several things. One of the things it can do is help protect the soil from erosion because uh, it can intercept the energy from a raindrop for soil to erode, you have to detach those soil particles, and so if a raindrop is hitting bare soil, it breaks it apart, but if it hits a piece of residue, then that uh, intercepts that energy uh, from that raindrop so you don't get the detachment. So you get that protection on the surface of the soil, and another thing that mulch kind of does, it helps suppress uh, weed growth, and it can also create a microclimate, keeping the soil a little bit cooler and a little bit more moist, prevents some of the evaporation of soil moisture. So one effect is that mulch-type effect directly on the surface. But then some of those things uh, start also blending into the top few inches of the soil. And actually, uh, as they break down, they release nutrients uh, that are available for plants. And then they can also create a little bit better tilth, and uh, the, the soil is a little bit looser. So several benefits, even from uh, that type of organic matter that's uh, relatively young. And how do the benefits differ as it starts building up over the years? You uh, mentioned that you would probably see more of that tilth effect. 
you're going to see more of that tilt effect. The soil gets looser on the surface, so you have less compaction, which means when you do get rainfall, instead of it running off the land and maybe causing problems with uh, erosion or taking nutrients or, or uh, herbicides along with it, it infiltrates into the soil, which uh, helps you in the, the long run. As those materials break down, it also brings in a lot of biological activity and some of those things, the bacteria, the earthworms, they go even deeper into the soil and that biological activity releases even more nutrients. These also wonderful little things, uh, it's called glomulin, it's a, it's a natural glue that actually holds the soil together and maintains the pore spaces so air and water can move more freely uh, so you don't get these uh, ponded areas out in your fields and that just starts going deeper and deeper into the soil profile. Now we've covered how long it may take to see some of the benefits from building up organic matter. How long does it take to lose the organic material in your field? So if we're talking about what's immediately on the surface and a moldboard plow turns that under, then you've immediately lost the benefit of that mulch effect or that protective effect from erosion. So it could happen instantly. It, it could even happen if you didn't moldboard plow. Let's say you're on a steep hillside and you might have had some residue there and the rain could actually wash it off. So in a very short time, depending on what type of organic matter we're talking about, if we're just talking about that surface, you can lose it uh, almost instantly either by tillage uh, or even by natural causes, water or wind. So you can see then if you have organic matter deeper into the soil profile, you can still continue to get some of those benefits and it takes longer uh, for that organic matter to, um, to go away. And it seems that building up organic matter in a field might be a little bit at odds with keeping clean fields. Have you noticed a barrier in farmers adapting practices that might encourage building up organic matter because of a desire to keep clean fields? If you'd have asked that question 25 or 30 years ago, it would have been a definitive yes. But uh, here's kind of the neat thing. It's actually starting to trend the other way. You mentioned moldboard plowing a while ago. Uh, we used to call moldboard plowing and the heavy disc chisel, we used to call that conventional tillage. And you don't see a moldboard plow out in fields very often anymore. So the shift away from what we even call conventional tillage is going to types of tillage systems that are leaving more residue on the surface, even some of the, the flatter fields. And then the other thing that has really had an upswing in the last four or five years is the implementation of cover crops. And cover crops uh, do a, a tremendous amount in bringing organic matter uh, back in. So you're not only looking at the residues from the previous year's cash crop, but in that interim time, you're actually uh, putting on other, other crops that can help build organic matter. So we're actually seeing a trend of seeing more organic matter going onto the surfaces and even deeper into the soil profile in, in modern agriculture. Quite pleased to see that trend. So I mentioned uh, some of the rich soils we had that were developed under that prairie vegetation. And of course, back then, not much of that vegetation was removed. So it 
grew and died uh, on that same spot for for many many years and with a cropping system we don't see that but when we throw cover crops back into that mix you're really putting something, uh, some kind of growing material out there for a much longer period of time uh, over the year. In fact, some of them can even can even survive over the the winter. So that's yes, a very positive trend and kind of mimics uh, the type of uh, growing pattern that we used to see here many years ago that gave us this rich soil. Great. And what do you think is driving this trend to see and try to build up more organic matter in the fields? Just farmers noticing benefits from the practice? I think absolutely. So as I mentioned, even on some of the flatter ground, you you do get problems with compaction, drainage, things like that. And tillage, uh, as we mentioned, it exposes the surface, but it can also take some of that organic matter that's deeper into the soil and expose it to air and water and temperature, and that makes it break down even faster. And I think they start to see some of those, those benefits that they have from nice, rich soil going away uh, over a long period of time, you get some pretty immediate effects by reintroducing organic matter. They can see the difference in their field fairly quickly. And then the other thing that I think is kind of added to it is uh, for like cover crops, for example, paying more attention to our nutrient losses as we hear more about uh, especially nitrogen and phosphorus leaving our fields and, and going somewhere else in a high enough quantity to cause problems. And we look at ways to address that. Well, one of the best ways to address it is uh, don't have so much water running off the fields. So the organic matter, again, it helps improve that water infiltration. Cover crops, again, actively growing when the crop's not actively growing, ties up some of those nutrients, keeps them there in the field, makes them available uh, for the next year's crop, but it also then keeps them from leaving the field and, and causing other problems. So a combination of those things, seeing the soil tilth return, and then also helping uh, manage nutrients. Illinois has quite the variety of soil types and even growing degree days, so it's clear that what works on one Illinois farm doesn't really translate very well to another farm necessarily. So what are some practices that you think work best in different areas and different soil types to try to build up that soil profile? It's not only the difference in the geographic regions of the state, but the temperature, the amount of rainfall, and then, of course, the soil that you have to start with. So we have two basic types of soils, one one that was formed under prairie vegetation and some that were formed under timber vegetation. And naturally, the ones that were formed under trees don't have as much organic matter. They're tend to be a little more rolling and more susceptible to erosion. So the practices that you're going to use to to help control, to either stop erosion or help uh, uh, reduce those nutrient losses, a lot of it's going to depend on the conditions that you have. So what I always remind people that it really does need to be a prescription that's based on where you are, what your conditions are, and what type of crops that you're growing. So when we use that term cover crops, for example, there's a lot of different things that cover crops can do. You would have to decide, am I, am I wanting to use a cover crop out there to help protect the soil surface from erosion? Am I wanting to put it out there to improve tilth? Am I wanting to use it to scavenge nutrients? So one practice 
but a lot of variability in the types of plants that you decide to use when you're going to employ a cover crop. So it really depends on what it is that you're trying to do and then where you are in the state. Now for farmers who uh, might want to start tackling this and increasing organic matter in their fields or for farmers who are already doing so but maybe not quite satisfied with the practice they're using right now, how do you recommend that they go about tackling this issue? I always like to tell people, um, start slow. You don't get a chance for a do-over many times. Uh, do a conservation practice in a place where you can control it. So if, uh, even cover crops, for example. Don't, don't start out and plant your in, entire field in cover crops. Do a little area. Try some different things. See what works best in your system. Talk to your friends and neighbors. Uh, and, and then, of course, there's some excellent workshops going on all around the state. And uh, you can hear from even people from other areas who have uh, experienced some of these things and, and, and get ideas from them. So know what it is that, it, that you're wanting to address. Again, if your problem is soil erosion, then just remember maybe your neighbor's doing, uh, doing a practice for something else. So do a little homework. Stop by your NRCS and Soil and Water Conservation District office. We've got a lot of resources uh, that are available. And uh, then once you've kind of decided uh, what it is you want to do, we also have some financial assistance programs that can help uh, uh, take away some of the risk and uh, defray some of the cost in uh, implementing some of these conservation practices. And you don't have to feel too bad about it. I know a lot of people don't uh, like the idea of getting financial assistance, but you remember it's not just helping that individual. Uh, it's, it's, really, uh, it's, it's really helping the world uh, when we talk about some of these issues like hypoxia that's all the way down in the Gulf. Some of that stuff starts all the way up here in, uh, in Illinois. So uh, you're, you're also helping uh, grow food for the people, keeping good clean air and water, and in many cases also uh, helping improve wildlife habitat. Now you already brought up some resources that farmers can turn to. Do you have any other resources in particular that you might like to point them to? Any websites, specific literature? So specific to Illinois, if you go to our NRCS website, which is just www.nrcs.usda.gov, you can go specific to the Illinois homepage, and it'll connect you to a lot of a lot of resources, including some wonderful things on soil health that are going on right here in Illinois. But then you can use that same portal to go to our national NRCS website and get an idea of what's going on uh, all around the country. I'm proud of what I see in the trend uh, in Illinois when it comes not only to soil health, but soil conservation as well. It's one of those things that uh, sometimes we see some highs and lows. I have never seen so much interest in a, in a practice such as cover crops. Reminds me of uh, the, the kind of fascination and interest that we saw many years ago with no-till. And like I said, no-till in, in for some crops, uh, soybeans, for example, has become uh, almost the norm. It's good to see people excited about conservation, and it's good to see people uh, realizing that they can make a difference not only locally but uh, on a much larger scale. Well, thank you very much, Ivan. Again, that was Ivan Dozier, State Conservationist for the Illinois Natural Resources Conservation Service. This podcast was brought to you by the Illinois Soybean Checkoff. For more useful information about growing soybeans, visit illsoyadvisor.com. That's illsoyadvisor.com.